I think we need to be okay as marketers to say it's okay to admit this is going to be challenging. Because if we admit that in our messaging and our videos and our website copy, whatever it might be, we're already saying to the student, we understand what this feels like. I think it's important to have adult learners on staff, people that have gone that non-traditional route, Mm -hmm. because it just presents a unique way to connect to those students. And, you know, you're saying, I've been through this. I understand what you're feeling. And here's how I can sort of address some of your anxiety and your concerns. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast here on the B Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college and university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Shane Baglini. Shane is the Senior Director of Marketing and Recruitment for the Division of Graduate and Continuing Education at Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where he's responsible for all marketing and recruitment strategies. A first-generation college student, Shane is passionate about connecting students to the life-changing possibilities of education through authentic storytelling and brand building. Shane, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So first off, tell us something I like to ask. Tell us something that people would be surprised to know about you, something personal. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So two things. So I actually started my career working in sports. Both of my my master's and and undergrad degrees are in sport management. Um, So I started off working in minor league baseball, uh, Olympic sports, collegiate sports. Um, And one of the one of the funniest stories I always tell people is when I worked in uh, professional sports, I was down in Philadelphia. And we worked in uh, the the Sixers and Flyers arena, and our conference room windows overlooked the Eagles Stadium. And I'll never forget one time during a meeting, we all kind of looked out the window, and and the circus was in town, and there were literal elephants and tigers and camels like being walked through the parking lot. And that, to this day, that's still the most memorable uh, meeting I've ever had. So maybe the top. <laughs> top that on these zoom calls that'd be great i've never Um, seen an elephant in one of my meetings yeah it was it was (laughs) crazy and the the guy running the meeting said you know remember if you ever get stressed or overwhelmed you work in a place where elephants are walking through the parking lot so (laughs) it was a cool it was a cool moment um and then on you know on the personal side sticking with the sports theme i'm a i'm a lifelong diehard miami dolphins fan and People might be surprised by that because they're wondering how can somebody endure that kind of that kind of pain and angst for 35 consecutive years. But I still do it every year. Well, I live in Detroit and we have the Lions and that's the same thing here. So, you know, you know, my pain better than others. I don't I actually like I, I was never a sports person, but like I do love just like the culture of watching sports. It's something nostalgic about like when the weather starts turning cold and like Sunday afternoon football. So 
So I'll watch the Lions like when I can. And I'm like, I just expect they're going to lose. I actually had a streak for a while of like anytime I tuned in, they would win. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess like this is my job now. I, I have a responsibility. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they got a good team this year. So you're going to have to you got to be there for all 18 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, tell us about the, the marketing world that you live in. Uh, your world is adult students. Uh, define like those students, what you mean by that. Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about your role. Sure. So so I'll give you a kind of an overview of our department at, at Mealenburg. We are uh, kind of like a mini college in and of ourselves. We've got uh, faculty members that we hire. We've got advisors, financial aid dedicated to adult learners. Um, and, and Muhlenberg's been doing adult education for like 110 years now. So we've got a deep background in that. Um, in 2020, we launched our graduate school. So we're, we're new to the graduate space relatively. Um, so that's a kind of a brief overview and then I'm, I'm sort of in charge of all the marketing and all the management functions in, in that division. Um, adult student to me, probably like most others, I would consider an adult student somebody that's 25 or older. Um, but I think the nuance for me, uh, and maybe for some others, is sort of when we talk about that non-traditional student, um, I would consider pretty much anybody that hasn't gone on that, like high school to college, maybe a gap year in between type of trajectory. So people that are coming in with some college, no degree, you know, no college, no degree, but are have, you know, something's happened that they're, they're re-entering school. Um, I would consider those the non-traditional um, students. And I, and I think it's interesting to look around higher ed at how others are, are approaching adult learner uh, recruitment, retention, et cetera. Um, I, you know, we, we've all known about the enrollment cliff for how long now mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's here. Um, and I still look around and, and don't think there's enough resources, attention, learning around recruiting non-traditional and adult learners, which is, which is interesting to me. Yeah. It seems to be like, we're at a tipping point where a, like the non-traditional students are the new traditional students, <laughs> you know, where it's yeah. like, I, I saw someone, it might've been Ryan Morabito or someone posted on LinkedIn where it's like the uh, adult students are like outnumbering these traditional um, college students coming out of high school, which is super interesting to me. Yeah. I, I love that phrase. I love that phrase. I might have to use it. The new traditional student. Yeah. I mean, go look around the higher ed conference landscape and look at a marketing enrollment specific conference, not called NAGAP. And I dare you to find an agenda with more than one session on recruiting adult learners. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, I, I feel like we've, I don't know that we're prepared as an industry for adult learners because we've thought of them in such a different way than we need to be right now for, yeah. for how, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. So what are some unique challenges that adult students are coming into a graduation or continuing studies, uh, you know, situation with? Yeah. So this is where the, the adult student is really interesting to market to. I mean, just think about life, right? You know, life in, the, in and of itself, work, family, whatever else you have going on can be a challenge in and of itself. Now add add school onto that, add going back for your master's degree onto that. And it becomes, it seems like it might be overwhelming and not possible. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like that's the place that I start from with adult learners when we're when we're messaging to them, when we're creating content. 
um, you know, just understanding the emotional kind of journey of going back to school is very different for an adult student. Graduate students, you know, they, they've kind of been there, done that. They know what to expect. They've they've gone through undergrad, so they're kind of used to the whole process. For for somebody that is completing their degree, you know, I've heard stories from our advisors of people being an hour late for a meeting because they were sitting in the car in the parking lot debating whether or not to even come inside for the meeting. Um, wow. So, you know, approaching approaching the adult learner with that in mind is a great place to start, for me anyway, in terms of, okay, what's the most effective way to, to connect with these students? Yeah, there's probably a different emotional storm you know kind of going on it's it's uh i mean I, I, most of my video work is actually with adult students um i don't know there's not much of a rhyme or reason for that but just in my experience of you know telling adult student stories um it's different from uh, someone coming out of high school it's an adult students they've oftentimes hit a wall where like something needed to change and then there's a lot of anxiety around around that whether or not they can get over this hurdle and make that change through um you know upping their education and and things like that so it's it's really a um a very specific kind of pain point that they're that they're coming to college with yeah and i, th I think it's okay i think we need to be okay as marketers to say it, it's okay to admit this is going to be challenging because if we admit that our, in our messaging and our videos and our you know, website copy whatever it might be emails we're already saying to the student, we understand what this feels like. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I think it's important to, you know, any, any school with continuing education, graduate studies, things of that nature. I think it's important to have a, adult learners on staff, people that have gone that non-traditional route, mm -hmm. because it just presents a unique way to connect to those students. And, you know, you're saying, I've been through this. I understand what you're feeling. And, and here's how I can sort of address some of your, your anxiety and your concerns. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you made a point about just honesty and um, it's okay to say that this is going to be hard. And especially in the last year, I appreciate and I trust brands that are honest like that. Like I get served all these like coaching ads in my social media feeds. You know, they, they pick up that I'm a business owner and they are you know, selling me some course or, or whatever. And everything they're pitching is I made a million dollars overnight and you can too. And it will be easy is essentially the, the message that they're sending. And, you know, in my experience of trying, you know, some of these courses, it's not at all like that. Nothing is ever easy. If someone is marketing this to you, like this is going to be turnkey for you. And we're going to take, uh, you know, everything off your plate. It's going to be so easy. You're going to, you know, wake up with a degree. I don't trust you. <laughs> no. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you talk about like outcomes data, where people are working, where, you know, their salary increases, all that kind of stuff. That's great. And that means a lot to the adult learner and the graduate learners, but failing to communicate that, how that person got there. And, and what that was like for them, I think, is missing a huge opportunity to be really authentic and say, this was really challenging. You know, mm -hmm. to, to do all this was really challenging. But look at the ROI, look at the outcome that, that happened here. So I think yeah. you can, I think you need to focus on, on all parts of that story, not just look at where our graduates are employed and with a nice grid of logos on your website. That's great. 
Right. But that's that's only half the story. Yeah, there's this really good book that I uh, just read. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's, uh, I never remember what the books are called. On if you if you listen to this podcast more than a few episodes, you'll know that I'm always getting stuck on what these books are called. Uh, but I read a book, and it was about content marketing. And what I appreciated so much about the author was his perspective that from page one, he said, "This is going to be hard." Um, you're not going to see any traction probably for like eight or nine months, maybe a year. It depends on how much you're willing to put in. You might have to put in like 20 hours a week into this effort that you might not see direct results from for another year. Are you willing to do that? If you are, here's the roadmap. Um, and for me, that was like, that was so, um, validating because I, you know, I'm a content marketer. I work with schools who are doing content. And, um, my thing is I like to bring schools like higher ed marketers along with me in my business journey. Cause I feel like I'm on the same trajectory as, as all of them, just, just for a different purpose and content marketing it's tough. Like it doesn't always work. Storytelling doesn't always work. And you'll, you'll hit these walls where you're like, I'm putting content out every day. I'm telling stories. I'm doing all the things that they're saying I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm doing the emotional thing. Um, and it's not working. Uh, no one's signing up. No one's filling out an application to our school, you know, whatever. And, and I think it's, it, I think it's important. It's an important thing to, to address that, um, uh, these types of things, are you have to be honest about what the commitment really, really is about. And honestly, like I feel more validation and I trust a brand more that is honest about, uh, you know, not just painting everything in a rosy light that, you know, our brand is perfect. It's gonna be great. Uh, you know, you're not going to struggle here. Um, but, uh, but I appreciate, I appreciate that. And that's why I think stories are really, um, really effective is that you're not pitching, you're telling a story of struggle. And I think that that's why, that's what I really encourage schools to do is like, look for where the pain is, look for where the struggle is. Adult students, I mean, like you said, they're everywhere. It's easy to find because like a, a traditional college student coming out of high school, they're just like flowing down that river, you know, like at least for me, like since I could remember, I knew I was going to go to college, you know, a lot of first generation college students that might not be the case. So that's where uh, an opportunity for storytelling is. But usually an adult student, like, it's like, there's something interesting going on. Like you're, you're going back to school. Like, why what's going on? Let's talk about that. And let's talk about how that's going to be tough to fit that into your life. When you're 18, 19, that's just your life. <laughs> right. That's just, you just go from living at home to now living at college and going to different classes. And, uh, you know, but when you're an adult, I can't imagine, you know, I've two kids and I already feel like if I want to do anything extra, I'm getting up at four in the morning or I'm staying up till 11, 12 at night to get it done. And, uh, the stories that I've, you know, told of adult students, a, a lot of times are like that. It's just like, you have to do it in these fringe hours and it's not easy, but, uh, but it's worth it. Yeah. And it's a great point. Two of my employees, um, have recently just started coursework for their master's degrees. Um, you know, their kids are out of the house, but it's, it's something that they wanted to do, but life got in the way. And, and even, you know, they're studying at Muehlberg and they work at Muehlberg and it's still, they were anxious and a little bit trepidatious about it. So imagine being from the outside coming in, being out of school for, you know, in some cases, 20, 30 years and coming back to get a degree or finish your bachelor's. That's an intimidating thing to yeah. be in a college classroom again with, in, in some cases with 17, 18, 19 year olds. 
it's an intimidating thing as as an adult. And so, yeah, I, I agree. Addressing those challenges up front is is a great way to create authenticity. It's like Adam Sandler and Billy Madison going back to high school. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I would totally feel like that. I would be like, I am. I was cool when I was in college. I am not cool anymore. No. no. <laughs> so I just got to find a way to like stay out of the way. <laughs> right. Just... And that's why it's so different to market to adult learners. You know, the campus experience, facilities, um, dining, recreation, those things, they may be important to some. Most adult students are using this degree as a means to some sort of end of improvement to a better job career advancement, completing a, a, a lifelong goal, pursuing their passion. So it's a very different way to sell your institution. And I, one of the reasons I mentioned the conference sessions and things like that is because, you know, we're so used to selling the experience of undergraduate traditional age college. So pivoting to a completely different set of, of values for adult students is, is a challenge and a, you know, I'm not sure many institutions are ready to, to face it head on. I think we're just hoping, yeah, we have these programs. Let's hope, let's hope students show up and enroll. Right. Yeah. 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 So talk about the content that you guys create. How, how do you uh, think about content creation in light uh, of an adult learner? Yeah. So, so definitely starting from that point of realizing this is an emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, we always think about the traditional age student, the excitement of going back to school is is something that's unique. For the adult learner, that excitement can be overshadowed by nerves. You know, can I do this? Can I afford this? Is this going to interrupt my life? You know, all those questions that people ask themselves, we have to address those where, where those questions aren't necessarily being asked by by traditional students they're you know they're they're excited for the journey they want the experience they want to be away from home they want that change adult learners are doing this in spite of the ways it's going to change their life so we you know if we're not messaging in that way if we're saying this is going to be seamless this is going to be easy then we're not telling the truth to be, to be frank because it, it's not easy and it's not seamless you're going to have to sacrifice some things um, yeah. But I think that authenticity and that openness goes a long way with, with the adult students. Um, we just did a video series of five adult learners, alumni of ours. Um, and one of the things we really tried to convey in those videos was how did it feel to come back to school? You know, not what makes Muhlenberg so great. I can do that anytime. Right. But how did you feel and how did Muhlenberg help address those feelings? Mm -hmm. um, one of the students we, we interviewed is a, a working mom. And at the time of coming back to school, she was she had a one-year-old. It was peak pandemic. And she was a working full-time. And she, had, she was one semester shy of graduating about 10 years ago mm. and couldn't, couldn't get financial aid. So she stopped out. So this person was coming back to school after a decade with all of those life circumstances going on. And so, you know, when we interviewed her, I, we didn't ask her a single question about Muhlenberg. You know, <laughs> there's no need. She She's telling us that she did all of this during a pandemic with a one-year-old, with a husband, working full-time. That right there addresses all of the things that we're trying to address, the, 
flexibility, convenience. Exactly. Uh, she was able to afford it with that, you know, with all those extra expenses and things. So I think it's really important, more so with the adult student, to tell those kind of personal stories. And that's what we really, we really focus on is getting as many testimonials, quotes, you know, finding the good stories. They're easy to find with adult learners. Yeah. Um, so really just trying to connect one-on-one with people that are maybe experiencing some of the same feelings. I think that's a, a great way to connect with your audience. Quick break here to dispel a myth. That myth is this. If you already have an internal videographer or video team at your college, then it doesn't make sense for us to work together. Now, you may be expecting me to say, oh, that's a myth. It's not true. Well, actually, in some cases, it is true. If you maybe have a robust video team, multiple people manning multiple different stations and operations, and you're telling stories, and and when your marketing team has an idea for a video, you can get that pushed through the video team relatively quickly, like you're not going to be waiting around for months and months for them to get to that project in the queue. That's a perfect case where you're probably good. God bless you. Go take on the world. But maybe you're one of these schools where budgets are a little tighter. Roles are combined. Your social media manager is also your content creator. Those are two separate jobs, by the way. Well, that's what my friend Shar, who at the time we recorded this, uh, she was doing both for the institution she works at. She was the social media manager and the videographer and the photographer. Since recording this with her, they've actually moved her into a full-time videographer, photographer, content creator role. And for her sake, I'm super pumped for her. But I'm going to let her tell you about her experience with our video storytelling subscriptions and how partnering with us in addition to the internal video work she was already doing helped her be able to focus on the many other priorities that she had. So here's Shar. The video subscription idea was a real godsend for me. It's been kind of life-changing in a way. (laughs) I don't know if that's too uh, strong of a statement. On a couple of different levels, as a social media manager, it was really fantastic to have this entire campaign, if you will, of student testimonials. I know that for my channels, I'm going to get a new video every single month. There's a lot of content to produce and not a lot of content creators here. So having somebody who can take that portion off my plate, it's it's allowed me a little bit of room to breathe and maybe focus on some other projects. Not only do you get a fully edited testimonial, you also get a delivery of all of the B-roll that was taken of that student. For instance, we have this culinary institute And one of the projects we wanted to do is to create uh, just a short little video connected to a QR code uh, on all the little chocolates that that we give out in the restaurant or if they make chocolates for a special event or for our board members or for any meetings or graduation. They can scan this QR code and up pops this video of some like really beautiful slow mo hands making chocolate and that sort of thing. And I was able to go into this B roll and find some fantastic shots of one of our students who did a testimonial creating these bonbons and creating cakes and you've got the batter going and you've got the chocolate drizzling. So I know that I'm going to be able to take that footage, resize it, I can, I can resize it vertically if I need it, I can resize it into a one by one if I need it, uh, I can color grade it however I need to fit my needs. And I really don't have to travel across the state to our culinary institute to do a whole new shoot because I've got that B footage at my hands. So really, that's something that I could sit down, edit for a couple of hours, 
have it done and check it off the list, which is fantastic. So if you'd like to get like Shar and bring in an outside partner like Unveiled, you can go to unveiled.tv and book a call with me. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv. All right, back to the show. Tell me how you guys have kind of differentiated this, uh, you know, these programs that you that you because when we were talking in our pre-interview, you we were talking about how differentiation kind of looks a little bit different. It's not so much differentiating based on like the logic of what you're providing. It's more about, you know, the emotional side of things. Just t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So so I think the biggest thing for me um, would be just listening to what your stakeholders are saying is important to them. Um I, th- I think being open to feedback from students, to me, some of the most valuable feedback I could ever get is from students that have like applied or required but did not enroll because that just tells me where we're maybe lacking. Um, so I think the easiest way to differentiate when we're talking about any age group of student is f- stakeholder feedback, voice of the customer research, and then acting on that research. And sometimes that means changing a program structure, changing cost of tuition, changing how we're offering the program. Um, So I think just hearing pain points and hearing why somebody might have chosen another school, I think it's a great way to to differentiate it. And, you know, your your programs at the end of the day need to be competitive, especially with adult learners, um, which, which I think we'll probably get into a little bit more in detail later on. But you know, the quality of academics is still really important to our students. Middleburg has an excellent reputation um, for quality academics. Mm-hmm. So that's, especially on the graduate side of thing, that's something that, that students still find incredibly valuable. Um, but on the, you know, on the whole, we're all kind of doing the same thing. You know, everybody's got, we actually don't have an MBA, but everybody's got an MBA. Everybody's got a master's in public health or mm-hmm. an MFA. But how, what makes your school different? And I think that's where the emotional piece comes into it. I think that's where, you know, displaying and talking about how your institution solved some of those pain points is is an incredibly valuable tool to use when communicating to adult students. Yeah. You know, any think of anything. I, I couldn't afford it. I didn't have enough time. I have three kids and I need to be at their, you know, T-ball games. All, anything that you can think of, how do Muhlenberg sort of allow you to fit that into your life and also complete your degree or get your master's degree. So I think taking that voice of the customer research and then explaining, here's how Muehlberg can help you solve these things mm-hmm. and address your concerns is probably, in terms of storytelling, is, is probably the most powerful way that I, I can think of differentiating one institution versus another. When we're talking about, you know, pretty close to apples to apples type of yeah offerings yeah that's perfect because when we're talking apples to apples um yeah it really is i think the next level of differentiation is telling those stories and telling them better you know than other uh schools um you know because if you can hook someone with a story like you know it's not enough just to tell a story like you have to get someone to watch it (laughs) and watch it all the way through so if you can do that better and leave them with an emotional dent you know, uh, of your brand on their psyche or whatever. Um, that's a differentiator, um, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think one important point to make would be that doesn't always mean having the biggest budget of any, of any school, right. You know, find a videographer on, on staff. Great. If, if you don't 
find an agency or firm that either maybe somebody is an adult learner. I, I like to look for firms that specialize in like documentary style work mm-hmm. because I know that we can tell a story differently than other schools are doing, at, le- at least in our area, our competitors. Um, and that doesn't mean we have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this crazy video campaign. We exactly. Can, you know, we could spend modestly and still really tell compelling stories. Yeah. Yes. For people listening, I uh, really vibe with that because there are two, there's kind of two camps. Well, I would say three camps of videographer or videographer. It, as you go up in the camps, you can't say videographer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Filmmaker. Uh, you know, so, but there's like the solo, like kind of freelancer videographer, one man band kind of thing just does everything audio everything asks the questions while the cameras are on tripods you know all that stuff um on the other end of the spectrum there's like the commercial agencies where you can't get an interview shot for less than ten thousand dollars you know and um i know because i have to be when i'm hiring crew around the country um because that's how we that's how we work with schools all all over is is we partner with uh crews that we've vetted um and i'm always it's the same like you said i'm looking for that crew that understands documentary um and understands kind of a run and gun approach because we're not going to have ten thousand dollars to have you have 10 people on set to film an interview that would look just as good if I hired the right person to do it by himself, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> so, so it's yeah, just I mean, a, cost does not equal quality all the time. Right. It does not. Um, yeah. So there's those, those two extremes. And then there's somewhere in the middle where, where I think, you know, there's small cruise type stuff and that's kind of where I kind of lean. I think you can get a lot of value. I'm not saying there there's incredible value in hiring a full crew commercial production. It's a different world um, to to step onto a set and step into a a mode of of pre-production and production and post-production that is very like in, in quote unquote the right way to do it. Like like that's the traditional way to get a video made or a commercial made is to have 50 people involved and all doing one different thing. And it's for an agency, huge budget stuff. You need that. You can't have one guy running around, you know, filming a Pepsi commercial uh, (laughs) with his iPhone. There's too much at stake there. Uh, But when we're talking about, um, you know, just day-to-day content creation and, and doing quality storytelling, you can do a lot of quality storytelling with an outside agency by finding that right sort of niche that's going to understand how to get a commercial look without a commercial crew. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think from uh, one important point I would add to that would be from the student's perspective, you know, a, uh, another video series a couple of years back at a different institution with similar students and, and good stories, but the set and the, the agency we hired, they, they did fantastic work, but it was a, it was a production. I mean, there was everything from the, stuff that people are not used to. So mm-hmm. walking onto that set, every single student, including our president, which we did a, a, an interview with her, every single person's reaction was, oh, wow, this is, this is you know, yeah. like camera action. Well, that, that immediately then for that student or that interviewee is intimidating. Right. So, so now we're losing a little bit of authenticity. Whereas if you're getting a smaller crew and, and who knows, maybe you, you as the marketer or somebody has to ask the questions or do the interview, there's a level of connection that you can build 
by having a smaller operation that I think is, it makes it a little bit more intimate as well. Yeah. Students, uh, of any age coming on to a, coming into film and interview, I, I would say my experience is the same. They're almost all of them are surprised at how much more gear there is to, to film. They thought it was going to be a guy with a little, um, you know, camcorder on a little dinky tripod. And they were just going to like point it at them and ask them questions like that. There's like lights and there's like a microphone and stuff like that. So like, that's something that you do have to be really cognizant of. And uh, I did some work for University of Michigan, Ross School of Business several years ago um, through my previous production company I worked at. And the um, head videographer there was super smart. And he was like, we're going to bring these students in and I don't want to see you guys. Like we were like on the edges of this uh, room that we were in it. Ross school of business has like a big atrium. That's like gorgeous. And there's like students milling about and eating and studying and stuff. So we could kind of blend in. Um, but we were like way out of the way because they didn't, they didn't want that to affect these students interacting with each other and having mm -hmm. this because they were doing kind of like a um like if you see like on re reality tv they sit down and talk about something you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know um so uh, they're they're trying to do that so yeah it's it's sometimes it is a strategic move to simplify yeah and and you know not to belabor the point but most students especially traditional students but even adult learners are used to interacting with the camera on their phone and, and either just themselves or a friend or family member. So, so having a 12 person crew with three cameras and a, you know, a camera on a, on a movable track and a stylist yeah. and all this stuff is, is, yeah, it's overwhelming. And I think it loses authenticity from, from the second they walk in the room. Yeah. There's so many tools available. The barrier entry for video is so low that everyone wants to be Steven Spielberg. And <laughs> I see some of these videos where I'm like, dude, come on, just just ask the questions stop right. sliding the camera all over the place <laughs> anyway this is not a podcast yeah. about uh <laughs> hiring video uh videographer but on that note you and i were vibing in our pre-interview about video cliches uh and so i want to talk about that because it kind of relates to differentiation and we were talking about how you know when you go like to someone's youtube page it's like the same video at the top of the let's play a game so like the game would be if I never see blank in a college video uh, ever again, I will be happy. What is the blank? Oh, what are the blanks how, for you? How, how long do we have for this? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, off the top of my my head, I can think of a couple. You know, lab coats, Bunsen burners, um, <laughs> stock footage of a boardroom, things like that. Yes. Um, no offense to the, the presidents out there, but I think in a marketing video. Why is the president in the video? Yes. Um, things, things like that. <laughs> um, and of, of course, I'm, I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but you know, um, and, and then the scripts themselves, I think, are, you know, you can always tell when a script has been written and looked at by dozens of people uh, because there's, you know, there's like this grandiose, poetic sort exactly. of prose that is absolutely not connecting with a 17 year old no absolutely um, so those are i mean I, I just think you know in general um i think the concept of the you know the saturday afternoon college football promo that that schools get that are on tv you know trying to address every single audience you possibly can in a 30 second video it, it just becomes, you know, we can only address so many audiences in, in one video before it just becomes 
noise with with nice drum shots of, of campus. Yeah. So I, I think in general, I would challenge higher ed to focus on more um, personal, granular video subjects. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, think of your student personas. Everybody's got them. Everybody has them made and written down. So are we addressing those personas with the video that we're making? Does this person, you know, in the planetarium address the, the first generation student that is a Pell student um, that, you, you know, their, their parents' biggest concern is, how am I going to pay for this? You know, I don't want my student to have student loan debt for the rest of their life. Does that stock footage of the B-roll of the, B-roll of the, of the boardroom, does that footage of the president, you know, meeting and greeting, does that address that? Or can we use the president in another way to do a sit down type of message to, to address some of those concerns? Yes. So I would say in general, that sort of broad, grandiose university spot is, yeah. is you know, I, I just don't know. Maybe it's landing, maybe it's not. But to me, as a marketer watching some of that, it's just kind of, it, it's overdone. It yeah. is, um, it's not authentic. Uh, I'd rather see people focus on those kind of personal connections and addressing, making a video for one person because that one person is hundreds of people that are experiencing the same thing. Yeah, I I really tune into that too. Like I'm too lazy to get in my car and like turn on CarPlay and then like open up, you know, Amazon Music and put on night. So I listen to the radio a lot. (laughs) 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 It's just faster. It's just ready-made. And so I listen to a lot of radio ads and I'm always tuned into the scripts that are, um, well, I'm actually tuned out of the scripts. I'm tuned into why I'm tuned out of them <laughs> because the, these scripts for these companies, it's a bank, it's a, a college, it's a whatever. And it's this poetic and you don't have any visuals to, to, to supplement that. So you're just listening to this sort of emotive song and this poetic thing. And like, I, yeah, exactly. It's, this sounds like it has been filtered through 12 people who don't understand marketing, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like yeah. it sounds really inspiring to you. Um, but that's not going to like, it's not believable. I I'm always just, I'll flip the station. Like if someone starts talking in a scripted poetic way bye. you know, yeah. cause I know it's not authentic. And, and that's not to say that you never do that in a, in a video. Um, especially creating like a broadcast spot where you've got 30 seconds uh, and you're paying tons of money to be, <laughs> have this thing air on TV. It's got to cast a wide right. net. Um, you got to think strategically about, about how to do that in a way that's not just like, okay, yeah, heard this before. Right. Um, so yeah, just be, be very careful when you're, when you're scripting things. Cause whether it's Gen Z, whether it's an adult student, people see right through that. Yeah. When I, when I was at uh, the community college level, we were we were trying to like everybody do something that would catch people's attention, um, and I don't know if you're familiar. Maybe like five years ago, there were those those Microsoft AI commercials with Common, the rapper, and he was on a stage in like a theater. It was empty, but we wanted to recreate something like that. So much so that I actually reached out to Common's agency. So if you oh. listen to this, Common, he never got back to us, but <laughs> still waiting. <laughs> See if he would do something pro bono, but. but but we we found a student in the theater program um, that could sort of pull off that that vibe, and one of the things we really wanted to do was address this idea of community college being a place where people are settling, 
Um, so the theme was it's, it's not just community college anymore. And we talked about, you know, there were Pulitzer Prize winners, there were CEOs, there's an Oscar winner that graduated from there. So kind of addressing all those things. So we still touched on a lot of audiences, but we did it in a way that is, I think, different from those those kind of grandiose videos. We did it in a, in a, in a little bit more of a, a hopefully a cutting edge way. Yeah. Um, so that was one that that I think I'm proud of. And some of the best scripts I've ever written are based on some of the stuff I just told you about what I don't want to see in videos. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's interesting to, to look around, especially as a higher end marketer to look around and, and see some of these videos that are winning awards and, and things like that. And just wondering to yourself, who, who's that? Who's that video for? Who is this for? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I ask all the time. I swear that question goes off in my mind every day. Who is this for? <laughs> you know, I'm like scrolling on, uh, I don't know. I'm just very clued into like, cause I, cause I think about it for, you know, for my business and for this podcast and it's just stuff that I mull over a lot. And I'm, I'm always scrolling going like, why did I like that? Why didn't I like that? This felt like it, it was trying to be directed at me, but it totally wasn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a lot easier. And, you know, granted, it's way easier to be on the outside looking in at a commercial or piece of advertising and being able to pick it apart. I can do that yeah. all day long. But meanwhile, I'm probably putting out content that is going against everything I'm saying because I'm so close to it. Uh, right. So, yeah. So I want to be I want to be careful of not be too critical because it really is difficult when you're when you're writing a script or whatever and maybe you're trying to address an adult student uh it, it is it is tough to get outside of yourself and and really get a sense for what an adult student is going to uh to resonate with i would say like i want schools to go like what would the commercial look like if we didn't if we couldn't mention our school's name you know could it be like you're mentioning you know someone on theater or something like that like what if someone was in like Hamilton or something like that. And they, and they did, they were just on a stage by themselves and they just did a little cool little performance. that's like hip hop and like cool. And then at the end it was just like graduate of, well, then you'd mm. have to mention the school, but we won't count that graduate, of, <laughs> graduate of such and such. This is the year. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, that person became that like, that's, that's so much more powerful than saying you can be this great thing. You're going to get a job after, after school, like show me, don't tell me kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. Um, so what are some st stories that so like, tell me some stories you've told me some already that, but like that your team has told that you felt like really resonated with the adult learner help, uh, listeners to understand like what's working. Yeah. So it's really, it's, I think you mentioned it's, it's usually the stories of, of challenges. I think that's something that really resonates with people. Everybody is experiencing life challenges every day. Yeah, I mentioned the, the working mom that, that had the one-year-old and, and where the video is actually being produced now, this student, but we did an article on this student, one of the most incredible people I've ever, I've ever come across. She is a uh, mother of four. She is a, uh, I don't know, I forget her exact rank offhand in, in the military, but she's a 20-year military veteran. Mm. Um, she came back to Muhlenberg after uh, leaving the military to finish her bachelor's degree. And then went immediately into graduate school. Uh, so she's got a job. She's a working mom of four, military veteran. Um, and for her, for our graduate programs, we have this capstone project, almost almost like a, um, a full year long 
project that students work on with real real companies um, solving problems that they have. Her capstone project was uh, it was called Refreshing the Force, Retraining um, Suicide Intervention Officers in the Military. Mm. Uh, she was a suicide intervention officer, uh, and she had this experience that a, a friend of hers, a fellow, fellow uh, service member, was in crisis. Um, she was the person that she called. Um, luckily, this person is still with us. She was able to assist, mm. but in that situation, she realized that she her training that she received ten years ago was not was not up to up to today's standards. So she, that's where she came up with this idea, and that idea, which turned into a graduate capstone project, turned into a project that was picked up for funding by the Pennsylvania National Guard. Wow. Um, yeah. So I mean, talk about impactful work and, and outcomes and things like that. But she's yeah, she's one of the most incredible people I've ever spoken to so that one really jumps to mind that's really cool but again it's it's a story of somebody with immense challenges in their life mm-hmm. and it's somebody who's extremely busy extremely accomplished but still wanted to do this this thing that she had never gotten a chance to do um and so i think those are the ones that that really resonate uh another another one we're working on is a he's a i think he graduated last year but he was out of college for like 30 years and came back to finish his bachelor's degree. And it was actually supposed to be a surprise for his family. They, they didn't know that he was doing. It. Oh, cool. Um, so that was a really cool story to tell too. But I think it's just those people achieving something in the face of a challenge is, is yes. can be really impactful. I would watch those all day long. I would go on a, if I was learning or trying to go back to school and I was learning about a school, I would watch, I would just binge a bunch of those. Cause yeah. I, like that to me is interesting. Like I want to know what others, what other challenges people have been through that are like me. And I want to know if I can, you know, can I see myself achieving these results? Um, and, and it's totally, that's totally different than just talking about than just talking about your school and putting drone shots over over top of it. Right. And, and that, you know, <laughs> the message of caring, dedicated faculty and staff takes on a new meeting when you've got people in those kind of circumstances. Exactly. And, and it, you know, like we said before, it, it may not be somebody's exact scenario, but somebody seeing another student overcome those types of challenges might make their their trepidation or their anxiety about going back to school seem seem minor, you know. Yeah. Hey, if this if this person could do this with a, you know, with four kids or, or working during COVID with a with a one year old, then I, I think I can too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. Let's see. Last question here would be: um, could put a bow on it for us. So schools that are schools that are uh, have a growing adult population or an established one um they want to put into practice some of these things that we talked about today like what would be some uh you know a couple of key takeaways yeah so i think one would be listen to your students listen to their feedback positive and negative and then put that feedback into action don't just do surveys and and things like that for for, to check a box but use the surveys i mean it's it these are people that experienced your program and your institution firsthand uh, it you know that's that's better than any sort of anecdotal yeah. faculty and staff feedback that we that we always hear. So that would be one. And then two, I, I think I think again, just start from a place of understanding that this uh, is not 
the same as a traditional student going to college. Yeah. You, you know, think back to that time. It's the most exciting time of your life to that point. Fast, fast forward 20 years and it's a really nerve wracking thing. So I think really separating those two audiences and, and the emotions they're feeling are, are incredibly important. Yes, I agree. I love the 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 charge about listening because you know we talk about that a lot on this podcast. If, if you're not listening, you're you're not getting stories, and if you're not having stories, you have no storytelling. You know, <laughs> you know strategy. Um, so yeah, if you're if all you're doing is surveys, that's not going to give you the the what would be qualitative data that you that you need in order to really understand the emotions behind mm-hmm. that that data and where someone is coming from. So I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So where can uh, where can people connect with you at? Sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm still on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not going to call it X. X. Sorry, yeah. sorry, <laughs> sorry, Elon. I'm not gonna, uh, at at Shane underscore Baglini, and then uh, you can just find me on LinkedIn at Shane Baglini, or feel free to shoot me an email, Shane Baglini at Muellberg.edu. Cool. Well, Shane, thanks for being here. I really, really loved our conversation. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Likewise, John. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter, all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone, share it with your team, your boss, your dog, whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever, my email is john at unveiled.tv, john is spelled J-O-H-N, or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast. Thanks. Thanks.